From the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. The Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for August 18th, 2010 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined at the table this week by my good friends, Walter Eccles, Kathy Whirling, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Back in the peanut gallery, Max the intern. Teresa is on vacation doing her $2,500 challenge and will be back next week. And uh, poor Max left to tend to the house and the plants and the birds and the fish and the cats and whatever other things are part of the menagerie at that house. How many parties have you had, Max? Done so far. Lies. Liar. <laughs> All right. In this week's show, John, Kevin, and Kathy will tell us about the opening of Via Napoli, the new restaurant at the Italy Pavilion in Epcot. And we have a previously recorded segment where Will Perry and Corey Martin tell us about the new IndyCar experience at the Walt Disney World Speedway. All that plus this week's news and roundtable rapid fire on this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, apologize that this is going up late. Um, actually, uh, Walter and I just finished doing our uh, review of the Beach Club, which will be up in a couple of weeks. And uh, we were there until this morning, so we weren't able to record yesterday. Last week, I was not feeling well and was afraid that I might have a stomach virus and uh, I just want to kind of address that. Um, we tend to get uh, a couple of nasty emails uh, whenever the show uh, doesn't go up. Um, so I want to talk to those people right now uh, specifically. So if you're not one of the people that send the nasty emails, you can just ignore this. But if you are one of them, there are some things I want to say to you. We do a show where all of us are sitting in the room together. Uh, this is how I like the dynamic of the show. It is one of the things when you ask virtually anyone what they like about the show is that there's this great chemistry between us. And part of that is because we're all sitting here at the same time physically in the room. Nobody's Skyping in. No one's remote. It's, it's not done over the phones. We are all actually physically sitting here. Uh, this is not the only thing these people do for a living. As a matter of fact, this is the smallest part of their week. And I can't have them getting sick. And when we all get together like this, if any one of us is sick, it runs the risk of all of them, all of us getting sick, and then that becomes a much bigger problem. And then bring it home to our family. Precisely. <laughs> so when one of them gets sick, they have the option to not come to the show. When I get sick, we can't do the show because it's in my house, and I don't want them getting sick. I get upset with them if they do that. And I err on the side of caution. This is a reality of this show. There will be weeks where it does not go up. If it really bothers you that much, then please just don't listen. Honestly, I don't. This is, I, I just, I'm so fed up with some of the nasty emails that we've gotten about this. Let's read some. No. Oh. <laughs> no, I thought about that. I thought about reading them and, like, naming names, but I'm not going to. You got a problem with the fact that some weeks we're not going to do a show? Then don't listen. This isn't the show for you. You got a problem that we're honest about our opinions about Walt Disney World and aren't always peddling pixie dust? Don't listen. That's what this show is. Okay? So we got that out of the way. Start the week off with a good rant. <laughs> oh, I'm not done, believe me. I know you got some stuff coming up in news I want to talk about. 
So uh, that's that's my housekeeping. <laughs> uh, I also do want to mention that uh, Teresa is posting on the Diz Unplugged podcast board on disboards.com about her experiences. The thread is titled Pop, Pop, Pop. And uh, many, many people seem to be enjoying it. Including she's, us. Yeah, she's doing a really good job. She's doing a really good job. Teresa, it's, it's very real. She's not candy-coating anything. She's doing a terrific job. She's giving details. She's telling us the good and the bad. And it's not only entertaining, but it's, it's like reality television, only this is, I know this person, so it is real. That's cool. That's we cool. also did a mini-meet on Monday, so we got to meet some dizzers. How many people showed? Ten. Okay. We were supposed nice. to be there, but just couldn't. We had fun. I was too busy being at the beach club in concierge. <laughs> I can't go to Pop Century when I'm at the beach club. It just it feels too much like slumming. It is a different world. Hello, poor people. <laughs> <laughs> well, the deal I got, honest, uh, you know, I'll save I'll save the details for the review, but uh, two hundred eighty dollars a night for club level. Wow. I was just kidding about people being poor who are staying at Pop Century, so please don't write to me. It wasn't a joke. It was not a value judgment. I'm not judging you for staying at Pop. I don't care where you stay. I, no, I, I am. Judging I'm judging them. Yeah. No, I'm, we're kidding. We're kidding. I went and saw a show one time, and the guy on stage looked up in the balcony and screamed, Hello, poor people. And I just thought it was funny, so that's it. Don't write to me. So uh, what else do we have for housekeeping? Anything? I have a, a gift for the podcast team. Received a couple things in our mailbox, we want to make and this was done in real tiny font, and I didn't wear my glasses today. So if I skip over some words, hello, podcast team. After listening listening to the cast this past Wednesday, my wife and I wanted to send you something. And to make a long story short, it's um, special stuff for um, if you're in the parks, if you're diabetic. It's another um, like a type of water like supplement a, right, you can put, put in, in there. Water. Walter gasped. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Oh, wow. Because I know Pete loves those things. I do. I I enjoy these things. Squincher. This is from Robert and Deborah Cappuccio in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. Nice Irish people. Pete loves his water flavoring. Well, this is supposed to be like Gatorade. There's um, paperwork in there that tells you that it's huge uh, electrolyte replacement, but without any of the sugar. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, there's no carbs. There's... So you'll be loving that. No fat, no carbs, no calories. Two uh, percent sodium, one percent potassium. Cool. Well, What's the name? What's the salt. brand of it? Uh, Squincher. Squincher. Very cool. Well, thank you very much for that. I have one also. You need semaphore flags. <laughs> Trying to direct everybody. John's got, John's got flashlights and hands going over here. Okay, I got it. Need semaphore flags. <laughs> if you just get your keys right. <laughs> We got a nice box of stuff from Ann and Alan Nelson. They were just on the adventure, the, the, the July adventure. What sweet people. They are. These are beautiful um, dish towels that Ann has uh, crocheted, or I think it's crocheted, things onto so that they hang on the front of your stove or oven. They're absolutely They're beautiful. really beautiful. Uh, we had a fantastic time in our ABD adventure in California. It was great to get to know you better and have fun exploring backstage with our group. Anne is sending a small gift of your for our, of our appreciation. When you're on the terrorist watch list, you spend less time traveling and more time yeah. doing a craft. Yes. They told us this story. She's actually on the terrorist watch list. Oh, jeez. She thinks she pissed somebody off at an airport? At, yeah. They, were, they had a problem with a flight once, and she complained, and she thinks that this huh. got her... 
Uh, I'm like, did you like threaten? Did she grab a beer and deploy the shoot? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she's um, building a mosque. But she has actually, she has a letter from the TSA saying that she's cleared. But they have like just not released her from the terrorist mm. watch. Oh my goodness! They sent some of these for everybody. Thanks, Ann and Alan. Yes, thank, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, guys. It's very sweet. I have a housekeeping. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we were discussing our banking options. Mm-hmm. And I told the story about how the name for the Fifth Third Bank came about. Oh, that's right. You were wrong. And, and, I was wrong. Of and people answers. have been telling me I'm wrong over and over Repeatedly. and over Repeatedly. That's why I love our, our listeners. They still have a crappy logo, though. It's still. I don't care where the name comes from. It's still the stupidest name for a financial institution I've ever heard in my life. Fifth it's Third Bank. It's because the Third Bank and the Fifth Bank merged. <laughs> to make the One-Eighth Bank. Exactly. <laughs> So I just want to say that so people, please stop writing me and telling me I'm wrong. And who would have done business at the Fifth Bank of Chicago or whatever it was? I have one through four to choose from. I'll take the fifth. (laughs) I don't think that's a ranking of any kind. Well, still, but, you know, when they have, you know, the first bank of so-and-so, is this like the fifth bank of something? I mean, Yeah, that used to be a big deal, like the first bank of whoever and the second bank. But they don't do that anymore. Well, I, I think because you didn't want to be fifth on that list. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're number five and proud of it. You know, it's we're like... a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> we hire the tellers that didn't make it at one through four. <laughs> Poor <laughs> bank. Oh, all right. Anything else? Anything else for housekeeping? for housekeeping? All right. Then we will move on with the news. Go ahead, John. The first story is Disney legend Harrison Price dies at 89. Harrison Price, or Buzz, as he was known to friends and colleagues, died at 89 of chronic anemia. Best known as an engineer turned theme park strategist who research, whose research led Walt Disney to place Magic, Kings, Magic Kingdoms in Anaheim and Orlando. Price was inducted as a Disney legend in 2003. Michael Eisner, former chief executive of the Disney Company, said of Mr. Price, he was as much responsible for the success of, of the Walt Disney Company as anybody except Walt Disney himself. Wow. After Disney turned to Price in 1953 for advice on where to build his first theme park, the engineer analyzed population trends, land prices, accessibility, and climate, and zeroed in on a 160-acre orange grove, orange grove in Anaheim. Having trouble today. We hit it right on the nose, dead center, Price later said. That was the perfect place for it. Keith Murdoch, who was Anaheim's city manager in 1953, called Price a real visionary, who was instrumental in expanding Walt's dream of a small park to one of worldwide significance. When Disney decided to build another theme park in East in the East, Price studied and discarded New York and Washington DC before recommending the Orlando area for its mild winters in Central Florida location. Nearly every amusement park built since the the 1950s in some way reflects Price's approach to planning theme parks, according to experts. When it comes to statistical data gathering and and analyzing the industry, he truly was the guru, says David Spiegel, president of International Theme Park Services. The heart... This, that harkens back to the days of Walt Disney and Disneyland. Even today, in 2010, we use the buzz price format while crunching numbers. Marty Sklar said that Walt didn't like yes men, and in buzz he felt like he had an independent voice 
who was not going to just tell him what he wanted. Disney encouraged Price to open his own firm, which he did in 1958. As a consultant, he conducted more than 150 project studies for the Walt Disney Company, including the site selection and feasibility study for Tokyo Disneyland. Other projects included master planning, eight World's Fairs, and consulting on parks for such amusement giants as SeaWorld, Busch Gardens, Knott's Berry Farm, and Six Flags. Wow. So that basically touched all our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was a name you didn't hear very often. No, I, I honestly, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who he was. Yeah. That's one of the ones when I was gathering all the information for the news article, I was surprised at how much input he actually had. Yeah. And that's some pretty high praise from Michael Eisner that he's as important to the Walt Disney Company just under Walt. Michael Eisner came out of bitterness uh, to make that comment. <laughs> Seclusion and bitterness. <laughs> Poor Michael. He is the mayor of Bitter Town. He is. He's living in Bitter Pines. <laughs> Poor Michael. Him and his billions of dollars are somewhere. Yeah, really. Bitter. Our next story is Walt Disney World changing plans for Fantasyland expansion. Walt Disney World says its plans for expanding Fantasyland in the Magic Kingdom are being redrawn in an attempt to broaden its appeal. When the Fantasyland expansion hmm. plans were introduced last year... Where we heard this? Really. The first thing most Disney fans noticed was that the new area of the theme park was aimed squarely at one demographic, young girls. Yeah. There was a Little Mermaid theme park ride, castles for Belle and Aurora, and three interactive princess meet-and-greet areas. But where was the boys' stuff? Well, we've been saying this for mm-hmm. years. Apparently, it's a question that Tom Skaggs, the new chairman of Disney Parks and Resorts, was asking, too, as he is the dad of three young sons. Orlando Sentinel writer Jason Garcia interviewed Skaggs and confirmed that rumors that the Fantasyland plans are being redrawn. Skaggs, oh my goodness, Skaggs indicated that the new plans may involve more thrills as, pl- as planners are reviewing the mix of, quote-unquote, aspirational rides with thrills or tension and rides that are for everyone. Stagg said that the changes to Fantasyland shouldn't delay the 2012-2013 opening dates of the new attractions. Testing and research on new guest experiences that are to be incorporated in the new attractions, such as Disney's new Q-less weight system, have also been going on at Walt Disney World for several months. We took a hard look at it amongst a number of us and said, can we make the appeal broader? Can we make it even better? Stagg said during an interview with the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, Stags declined to discuss specific changes to Fantasyland. Uh, the original plans called for a lavish indoor ride based on the movie The Little Mermaid, a trio of, inter- trio of interactive princess character greeting areas, an elaborately themed Beauty and the Beast restaurant, an expanded Dumbo attraction for the young children, and a fairies-themed area. Stags said much of what was included in the original plans will be incorporated into the final product and that the changes are improving it on the margin, quote-unquote. He characterized the revisions as part of a creative project of any creative project's natural evolution. Yeah, well, like I uh, like I said, they're uh, they're scaling back Pixie Hollow and adding a lot more character interaction that was sorely lacking from that. I'd like to see though if there are plans to aim it more solidly at boys as well. What they'll do, you know? Yeah, it needs to happen. I mean, throw rocks at little at the Little Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> like a little mermaid donkey tank. <laughs> but didn't you think, like, what would have happened back when they built Disneyland if they would have gotten all this, you know, because you read all the threads on the Diz about how they should do it and what they should do. 
if Walt had listened to all those people, what would we have had? You know, sometimes I think having too much input from everybody doesn't end up well, with a yeah, good doing, product. You know, doing th- especially, you know, uh, creative things, doing trying to do that by committee, really well, hard to do. It. What's what's boy-oriented in Fantasyland now? Pretty much just the coaster, just Goofy's... Uh, it's in Toontown. Well, Peter Pan's Toontown. flight. Well, I mean, it's going to be incorporated in, into... But that's not specifically boy-oriented. That's just general. Well, right. I, I don't I, see I think the Little th- Mermaid ride as being boy or girl-oriented. But I with mean, the previous plans for this, it wasn't general. It was like princess, princess, pixie. princess, pixie, you know, turning right, but princes what I'm saying into is I don't see something princesses. like the... Uh, I understand what you're saying, but the Little Mermaid ride doesn't isn't gender-specific to me. I, I don't understand why a little boy wouldn't like it because it had a girl in it. But sometimes for boys of a certain age, things that are girl-oriented are icky. But we what's wanted, there now that's for boys of that certain age? There is nothing as far as I can tell. They would ride Dumbo. Well, that's, that, that was already there. They, that's not changing. For boys specifically? Right. What I'm saying is this is... This, I agree. What I'm doing is I'm agreeing with Kathy. What's happening is we're becoming a little too... I don't know. I think it's a little too politically correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why does a, an attraction have to be boy or girl? I understand the princess interaction in Pixie Hollow not appealing to. Well, boys. I think that's probably uh, that's probably what they're doing. Is they're, they're, they're saying that you know the princess whole, the whole princess thing for the most part very much aimed at little girls. They have to broaden the appeal. So you know rides like Dumbo, rides like Peter Pan, rides like Small World mm-hmm. appeal to kids. Right, that's what Male I'm saying. or female, it appeals to kids, and I think that's probably the direction they're going to go. I also don't think this has anything to do with political correctness. This has to do with Harry Potter. This has to do with the fact that now they feel like they need to put something in there that's going to take more people to that park and more, more families with young boys who might say, I want to go ride the rides at Universal. Well, let's try to put something in Magic Kingdom now that gets them to come back there. I don't think putting another Dumbo in is what's going to do it. Well, that's the whole question. I think you asked that, Pete. What are they going to do? We don't know. They haven't said we're going to put this specific ride in that's going to appeal to boys. It's just saying we're going to make it more appealing to boys. Yeah, we'll see. So the question is, I mean, do they bring the Cars stuff over from Disneyland? Could be. Could be. You don't You don't know. Right? They bring I the mean, Cars right over. That would be cool. They could receive that Grand Prix thing. They could. Very well. You know, it's Disney, and Disney Imagineers um, have a great deal of faith mm-hmm. in what they'll do, really and truly. I do. If they let the Imagineers do their job, if Iger and Staggs and the rest of the boneheads stay out of the equation and let the Imagineers do their job, this will be incredible. If you start getting these stuffed shirts that don't have a creative bone in their body trying to make their mark by being the new Walt Disney, which is what got Eisner into trouble, then then you end up with with creative by committee, and that is just a bad, bad, bad thing to do. So we'll see. We'll see what they come up with. I just hope they let the Imagineers do their jobs because there's nothing better in the industry than Disney Imagineers. There's nothing better. And so let them do let them do what they do, stay the hell out of their way, Give them the and your job exactly your job should be to pay the bill, pay the bill and let them do their thing. So we'll see we'll see what happens. Our next news story 
Disney World and Disneyland and now Disney Cruise Line announced major discounts. Okay, yeah, this is some bizarre stuff going on here. This past week saw major discounts announced for both the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida as well as the Disneyland Resort in California. In addition, new discounts were released for Disney Cruise Line just today. Uh, the most bizarre <laughs> discount for Disney Cruise Line I've ever seen. Right, we'll, start with, we'll start with the Disney Cruise Line one because the other ones are a little more interesting. But Disney Cruise Line released a new Canadian discount, 25% off the cruise fare, not including taxes, port charges, insurance, and transfers. Yeah, but an important caveat here. For Canadian residents. Canadian residents, not citizens. <laughs> you just have to live in Canada. Now, this is interesting. This is interesting. First of all, Disney Cruise Line, as far as I can tell, granted, I don't have access to their books, they're not particularly hurting right now, no. especially with the dream coming online. They're, they're, they're shaping up to have an amazing year next year. So why Canadians? The Alaskan why Cruises can, are selling why Canadian? Too, right? Why Canadian residents? Why Canadian residents? Not citizens. Residents. I think this has something to do, they're sticking their toe in the water, to see if moving cruises out of New York Could very well or be. potentially out of Canada itself uh, might be, you know, we talked about this rumor a few weeks ago that they might be docking a ship at least part of the year in New York. Well, if they do that, New York is a lot more accessible for Canadians than Florida is, in my opinion. I mean, there might be one of the 85 Canadians in the world that disagree, but um, um, I, I kid the Canadians. I love the Canadians, but I, I enjoy having fun at your expense because you're Canada. Uh, but I think this might be this might be something they might be looking at that group because I just when you sent this through this morning, I'm looking at it going, okay, something's up with that. There's also um, this isn't the first Canadian discount to right. go out. They, no, they do this every once in a while. I also think that there might be something um, legally that Disney Cruise Line might, and Disney World, Disney in general, might have to follow when it comes to discounts. But have we ever if seen... business in Canada, they may, have, they may have to offer a discount. I doubt that. But listen to the discount. Have you, have you read the details? Yeah. It's for the Disney, Disney Magic Sailings for January 8th, 2011 through February 26th, 2011, categories 4A to 11C. So for one, it's not the most popular sailings. It's not the maiden voyage of the dream. It's not those first sailings that people are excited about. It's the magic. So it's January, February magic sailings that aren't as popular. So it's a good place to put that discount. Uh, And... But it's have we we have I, I I don't think we have ever seen Disney Cruise Line do any discount that was twenty five percent off the what standard was the rate. Canadian discount last year? I think it was like forty percent off. Was it? Yeah, I think it's pretty. I don't know. I just so thought I think, I the think, whole thing just has a weird ring to it for me. Just has a weird ring. Um, but I again, it's these very limited dates. It's the Disney Magic. It almost feels like it's an obligatory discount. Like we have to throw a discount out there. To- I've never heard of there being a law they have to offer a discount. Who knows? Or, or some kind of thing they sign, no. some kind of marketing thing they sign. No, this is, this is something else. There's something going on. There's and something if, going on. If you want to book this online, the code is CAN, and that'll come in really handy for when Canada does get the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> really nice and the second... 
No, actually, we really do love Canadians. Uh, we really do. It's just it's just too easy and it's too fun for Americans. And look, we give you guys plenty to pick on us. So it's just you don't have enough people up there to like listen. So now the second part of the story is the Walt Disney World discounts in Disneyland. In addition to expanding discounts to the end of 2010. Uh, the most surprising news came when discounts were announced well into 2011. Disney has never released discounts this far in advance before. Walt Disney Room discounts of up to 40% off are now available for travel through October 2nd, 2010. In addition, dis- uh, there's a, a gift card promotion where guests staying at Walt Disney World between October 3rd, 2010 and February 16th, 2011 can get a gift card worth up to $500 when booking a vacation package that includes a five-night stay and tickets. And a non-discounted. Non- so if you've, right. booked, if you've booked a discounted rate, you, don't, you can't convert that to the discounted rate plus a, a gift card. I think yeah. it's important to note, too, that for anything Disney does, they don't allow the combining of discounts. Right. Yeah, so you got to pick stacking. Right. This uh, gift card promotion is actually based, the amount of the gift card is based on the resort uh, level that you book. Disney Value Resorts get a $200 gift card. Moderate resorts get a $300 gift card, and Deluxe or Deluxe Villa Resorts get a $500 gift card. Disneyland Resort guests can save at least 30% when they stay two or more consecutive nights at one of the three hotels at the Disneyland Resort. The offer is available October 1st through November 23rd, 2010, November 27th to December 16th, 2010, and it must be com- uh, travel must be completed by December 18th, 2010. Now, the most surprising announcement of all that was released was of a free dining promotion at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida for dates throughout 2011. Book a Walt Disney World non-discounted Walt Disney World vacation package that includes a four-night, five-day stay at a Walt Disney World Resort and a five-day Magic Your Way base ticket and receive the dining plan for free. Value Resort guests get a quick service dining plan, free quick service dining plan, Disney Moderate, Deluxe, and Deluxe Villas uh, Resort guests get a free regular dining plan. The dates are very sporadic. So it's not like it's all of 2011. Right. There are certain chunks of dates that are available. And we have these on the site. Uh, Most importantly, it ends by September 29th, 2011. That's the last date where the free dining is available. Until they extend it. Right. Right. (laughs) Until they extend it. All right. Are, Are you done? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I got some things I want to talk about. Um, I think it's I, I think it's terrific. Don't get me wrong. I think it's absolutely terrific that Disney has done this. Um, a lot of people are speculating that they're doing this because people were complaining that they were waiting too long to release the discounts and it was too hard for them to book them with free dining. I mean, would they announce free dining in June this year for? Uh, uh, August through September. Um, I don't think that's the reason. I think if you want to see if Harry Potter has scared Disney, this is the first piece of proof I have that says, okay. Um, If those of you who listened to the show for a while last year, when the economy really started going south and we started feeling it down here in Orlando... I had said that Disney was doing a lot of things that seemed very knee-jerk, very out of character. They were, they were like almost panicking. This has got panic written all over it. 
This has got. This is the most bizarre thing I have ever seen them do in all the years I have been following this. And again, I'm not complaining. I'm like, great. There's a lot of great discounts out there. You know, good. Good on Disney. I'm glad to see it. I just, from a business perspective, I'm, I'm scratching my head a little bit here and saying, why, why, why did? And, and this is really what illuminates it for me. When Bob Iger said a few months ago, <laughs> no more discounts. It's almost like when George H.W. Uh, Bush, the first George Bush, said, read my lips, no new taxes, and it came back to bite him in the butt. I think it, this is almost like that moment for Bob Iger, no new discounts. And they release, a few months later, the largest block of discounts I have ever seen Disney release and I, like I said, you know, from at least professionally, been doing this 13 years now. And in 13 years, I've never seen anything like this. Is it the economy? Mm, a little bit, but not to this level. If they were going, if it was the economy that was driving a decision like this, it would have been done this year. It would have been done this year on that level. This is something different. This is them worried about Harry Potter. I think Harry Potter is scaring them. But it's so out of character for Disney to have their signals so crossed, to see all these bizarre discounts showing up all over the place, looking like they're just trying anything that they can do. And for Bob Iger to say no new discounts and then this to come out, very uncharacteristic for a company that has always run a very tight ship and has always been a top-down sort of managed and everything they do in public is very well managed, and the image is very well managed. This just looks to me like people are panic-stricken over there. That's, it's the only thing I can get from this. I still think there's a lot of people that, even though they came out with all these discounts, are waiting for the next batch that's going to come out in a couple months. It's going to uh, be would, even well, better than that. i I, I got to tell you, uh, if I were you, <laughs> I, I don't think it's... I could be wrong, then again, because if you'd asked me a month ago if I thought Disney was going to release free dining for 2011 in August of 2010, I would have told you you were on drugs. Well, I think if you but if your travel falls within any of these promotions, take it, take it now. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make any sense to wait. I, I don't disagree with everything you said. I think that there is reaction to the fact that they've had, they just announced a decline in uh, park attendance in the last quarter. I don't think it's any... This doesn't seem desperate to you? It, I think what's happened is I actually think someone at Disney has finally gotten smart. Because this year, free dining never sold out. I pray you're right. Free dining this year is the first year that there was still availability up until the last day of the promotion could be booked. We were still getting people free dining reservations. Never happened before. And I think someone said, listen, if you release free dining... If you announce free dining two months before the promotion, three months before the promotion starts, people can't get their air. They can't make their arrangements. They've already booked their their holidays uh, for with their kids and made their arrangements. Let's allow them to book hmm. these dates anyway. Get those dates filled up. Get their, their money on the books. And then we're going to back up and see where we need to fill in. So what you're saying is that you think that Disney's – approach to this now is a little bit less of we're just going to release what we need when we need it 
and now we're going to release things that we think will sell that take into account the best, you know, what the needs of the actual guest who's going to book it are. So, it, it, so rather than saying, you know, okay, it's June and we're we're really uh, we're really light uh, August fifteenth through October third, free dining. Now they're saying we've got you know we know we're going to be uh, we, we know we're going to be weak on these dates next year. Let's do it now so people have time to get reasonable airfare because if they're trying to book three months out, the airfare may be too expensive. However, not quite as altruistic as that. Well, I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're, doing, they're doing it altruistically. Right. I'm just saying that Someone got this would be the first time, though, in history that Disney said, okay, maybe we need to think about the position our, our guests are in. I think also what they've realized is you've said this for a couple of years now. They've really screwed things up. They always had the idea that people were going to book anyway. Mm-hmm. So, and we always told people the earlier you book, the better your deal was. That was true with Disney Cruise Line, too. Well, then what happens is once you start dumping these last minute promotions, you're training your guests to wait until the last minute. And I think what they've yeah. realized is that, holy crap, we've trained them to do this. Yep. We've trained them to be last. We've talked bookers. about this so many times on right. the show. I really think I maybe I'm just being Pollyanna about it. I really think someone in Disney marketing finally the light bulb finally went off. I hope that's right. And said, "Listen, if we want these dates to be filled, let's put out that promotion now. Let's not wait to the last minute. Let's not just have people who have already booked change and get less and, and spend less. Let's give those people the opportunity to book now." See how the rest of the year goes to see if more discounts need to be I also think filling. this fills up the restaurants. What they've realized is, yes, you can give a 40% room discount, but then you're not filling our restaurants. Right. So what we're doing now is we're filling our rooms and our restaurants. Somebody on the boards, I don't remember exactly who it was, did sort of a little thing about free dining and how really it's an incredible revenue stream for Disney. It's no, there's no revenue loss because, first of all, you're paying rack rate for the room which is very high. Mm-hmm. And second, you're guaranteeing people in the parks to buy other things. Right. Even if people go there and have no intentions on spending money, they're going to buy water, they're going to buy right. some souvenirs. You also have to take into account that although this is a discount, let's I'm just going to make up numbers. Let's say a room's $200. If you take a 40% discount off that, you're taking off what, $80? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's $80 out of your pocket. A night. Right. If you sell that room for $200... And you give away a $49 free dining to an adult, that $49 isn't really $49 because we all know food costs are much lower than actual retail prices in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Menu prices are astronomically inflated. Right, so a $25 what, meal is really like 9 bucks. Right, right. So what's happening is you're now giving away, let's say the actual food cost on $50 a day is 10 so now that discount out of Disney's pocket, instead of being $80 lost, now you're losing 10 Well, you're losing 10 times the number of people in the room. But I, I'm hoping that you're, you're right, that this is them getting smart and changing strategy moving forward. Um, and I hope it's a strategy that continues after the economy improves. Uh, I, I cannot rule out the stench of desperation that I'm smelling coming off some of this stuff. I don't disagree with you that a lot um, of this is because of competition. I, I they know they're losing people to other areas. All I can say is that I booked an awful lot 
of rooms for myself to do my reviews for next year. Um, I got on this fast because I have a feeling availability next year is going to be tough. I agree. I think they have just, I think they have, they, they are going to succeed this time just from the kind of react. I mean, my God, uh, Monday at Dreams Unlimited Travel was still today, (laughs) even today, but Monday in particular was insanity. Can I make a prediction? Sure. We're going to enter the dark days of Disney restaurants again. Could be. We went. We went from where Disney restaurants really kind of had a bad reputation many years ago, and then we started bringing in talented name chefs who were making a name for themselves. And places like Gico opened real nice quality restaurants. And what, with the advent of this free dining thing. We've seen those restaurants remove the high-end stuff. We've seen them uh, homogenize the, the menus. Drink menus are now homogenized across property. There's no longer a bar that serves a specialized cocktail. Everybody has that same colorful little menu. I have a feeling we're going to see Disney restaurants dive into those dark days again where uh, the food quality, the quality of the products they're bringing in is going to go down because that's going to save the money. We're going to see portion sizes go down, and we're going to see restaurants fill up because people are eating for, and I'm doing air quotes here, free. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope you're wrong. I think some of that's already started, frankly. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But it's very interesting. The whole the whole scenario, very interesting. Um Got me excited. I got to be honest. I when I saw those discounts, I, you know, <laughs> I was cursing at that computer trying to trying to book them um, because you know, of course, apparently Have Disney's 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 uh, main server for their website must be uh, you know a Pentium two eighty six. Yeah, you get thirteen people that are excited and it crashes. Yeah. yeah. So, so we will. We will see what uh, what happens. Great. That's it for the news. All right. Well, thank you, John. We will move on to Roundtable Rapid Fire. Who would like to go first? I'll go. Uh, the uh, new best, what's the name of it? The new um, kennel is going to open up. It's Best Friends Pet Care. It's on 2510 Bonnet Creek Parkway across from the Port Orleans Resort. It opens September 1st. But the important thing to know about that is when that opens, then all the kennels at the parks are going to close. So September 1st or September 2nd, all the walk-ins at the parks for the kennels will be closed. But if you've got a pet and you've already made arrangements, they'll be at the new facility. Have you? Has anyone taken a drive past it? Was no. Construction for Not it? since no. it's finished. It's really, really abrupt. When you go down this road that's by Port Orleans, there's usually that huge expanse of trees and forestry to the right. It's now this kennel is right on the road and in your face. Really? It's really, really bizarre. Oh, that's weird. I took a ride over. Um, And you can make arrangements on their website at bestfriendspetcare.com, or you can call 877-4-WDW-PETS. Cool. Thank you, Kathy. You're welcome. Corey Patrick Martin. I want to let everybody know that is signed up for our mailer. It is no longer going to be a monthly newsletter. We're going to be sending it out on an as-needed basis, um, mainly to keep the content current and relevant. 
So instead of just sending it out once a month and then most of the content in there is just stuff you've already heard about, we're going to be sending out, um, you know, whenever new stuff comes out. It could be once a month. It could be twice a month. It could be once every two months. Just letting you know. So if you're signed up for it, to be expecting it and whenever. You, and if you <laughs> want to sign up for it, there'll be a link to it on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Thank you, Corey. Kevin Close. I actually have two. Ooh. I just want to remind people that our 2011 Backstage Magic adventures are filling. Yes, they are. Uh, July is sold out. To the point where we may have to add a fourth. Uh, let's hold off on that yet. Don't get all excited because I don't have that information yet. Right. It's kind of a touchy-feely kind of thing right now. We're, We're looking at it. We're looking at it. We're looking for them to see what can, they can do for us. Uh, our February trip is close to selling out. There are a couple of spots left, but that could change today or could go for a week or two. The April trip still has the most availability, so if you're interested, please. But even that's starting to get tight. Right. Yes. Please write to me at Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you have questions, I'll be happy to answer them. Now keep in mind, we are capping these uh, vacations at 30 people. That's uh, So that's 30 people plus uh, four members of our team and uh, Walter and I are on each one of those trips uh, John and Kevin will be on the February trip along uh, along with us uh, Kathy and Teresa on the April trip Corey and Julie on the July trip so uh, and of course you know there's also the whole lunch with Marty Sklar thing yeah let's not forget that let's not forget that so and again information on that on the podcast main page I have a second one and I have to thank one of our listeners uh, Justine D-A-N-S-Y-R-2514 for bringing this to my attention. Uh, Orlando's best restaurants at an unbeatable price. From September 1st through September 30th, Orlando Magical Dining is going on. And what this is, is this is three courses for $30 at some of Orlando's best restaurants. Uh, the kitchens are heating up. Take a look at some of the award-winning restaurants in the Orlando Magical Dining. And they're serving up this, this up in September from Asian Fusion to Contemporary American. The website is... Oh, what are some of the restaurants? Hang on. OrlandoInfo.com backslash Magical Dining backslash results dot CFM. Uh, OrlandoInfo.com. I wonder where they got the idea for that. Yeah. Know. Yeah, really. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Some of the things that are going on are Charlie's Steakhouse on International Drive. This is a very nice restaurant. Chatham's Place in the iDrive Sand Lake area. Il Molino at the Swan. Oh, wow. Um, the Copper Canyon Grill at Point Orlando. We are seeing um, Biche at Universal Studios. Really? Wow. Right. The Island's Dining Room at the Lowe's Royal Pacific. Okay, that's a bizarre one. Johnny's Hideaway in <laughs> the Crossroads area. Uh, hmm. The Kitchen at the Hard Rock Hotel. Oh, that's nice. That's a good place. Uh, Mama Della's. Yay, wow. Mama Della's. Universal. Great opportunity for you to check Mama out Della's. Mama three, three courses for 30 bucks. Take that and run with it. Ming Court on iDrive, which is a Chinese restaurant. Portobello, which we just recently discussed. Now, is this? Do you have to have a card or something to show no, them? You just have to call and make a reservation. It is thirty dollars for three courses. Wow, hmm. that's amazing! Really 
What are the dates you are working at? September 1st through September 30th. Wow. So I will have a link up on our show notes page. Page. Pades. Pades. All right. Well, thank you for that, Kevin. Mine is a holdover from last week when we didn't record, but I still think it's uh, relevant, or maybe not. Uh, 2011 packages for Walt Disney World and Disneyland have a couple of changes to them this year. And I just wanted to make sure we pointed those out. Oh, yes, yes, the new. For 2011 Walt Disney World packages, um, there's a Children's Activity Centers discount, which is new. 15% off the regular hour rate of any Children's Activity Center for ages 4 to 12 at select Disney resorts. Um, Also, there's a change in their cancellation policy for Walt Disney World packages in 2011. Reservations canceled within 45 days the change fee will be $200 instead of $100. Whoa. Bastards. Really? Real bastard and people. beginning March 1st, 2000. Kevin knows where that's from, too. I do. And beginning March 1st, 2011, the Cellier Steakhouse is a signature dining restaurant with two table service meals okay. required at dinner. Let me just say that when that first was announced, I'm like, they're out of their minds. But then Walter and I were able to have lunch there. And I'm not going to go into a whole thing on it because we're going to do something later on. Walter and I were able to have lunch there. You know what? It is absolutely a signature restaurant. Absolutely a signature restaurant. If dinner is anything like the lunch we had, absolutely a signature restaurant. Mm-hmm. Now, lunch is still one table service. Right. And I, I got to tell you. I would jump all over that. This yeah. lunch was, one, uh, honestly, the best meal I've ever had at Epcot. La Cellier seems to be one of those restaurants that can't be consistent. It has its ups and downs. People hate it. People love it. I don't it. know. A lot. Everybody I'm talking to is saying the same thing that they've they've who've been recently anyway. Maybe recently. that they've had a great why. experience. I got to tell you something. It really, really to me seemed like this was a place that had its act together. The way the service was, the way the whole thing was coordinated, and we were not rushed through our meal. She was actually, she went out of her way to not rush us through our meal. And I was really expecting it because of the popularity of it that we were going to be rushed. And we weren't. Uh, and I, you know, maybe we got lucky. I don't know. But I, I've got to tell you, we, I was blown away by the experience. It was far better than I had expected. Or maybe they need to realize that they need to start acting like a signature restaurant now. Maybe. Now, did you do what you usually do when you go to a restaurant? Did you go, I'm Pete Werner, and I own the Diz? Yes, that's what I always do <laughs> when I walk into we a building. I am Pete T-shirt and <laughs> baseball cap. Um, I'm glad to hear it. It's it was great when a restaurant. I, I, I have to tell you, um, I don't think I've ever had a better meal inside a theme park in my life. I don't think we've ever had a better server. She was she was tremendous. She was, she was tremendous. I, I got to say, it was just... You know, the steak was superb, um, and for 28 bucks, uh, the filet that I had, I've had much worse for a lot more money. Uh, so I, all I can say is that the meal that we had was superb. Superb. Good to hear. And then just one other change, 2011 Disneyland packages. They're listing complimentary fitness centers. <laughs> Complimentary fitness center access if you book a Disneyland Resort Hotel. And according to our Disneyland folks, that's always been the case. So we don't know why they're listing that as a package perk that's new for 2011. <laughs> you just said they also are adding a $15 per night parking fee that right. didn't exist before. There's a $15 per night parking fee. But you can use the elliptical machine for free. Yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, did we talk about fall season? The new fall season? I don't think we had a chance to mention that on the show. We didn't. And that was going to be part of last week's... Um, They've created a new season right. um, to go along with value and peak and too busy to care. Um, <laughs> due to guest demand. Due to guest demand season. There's now a new fall season. And it's really basically the first part of December up until right before Christmas. And we're finding that it's about 14, 13 to $14 more a night. Yep. Over value season. I wonder. Does a Palooza had anything to do with it? Oh, I think I think the Diz yeah. and other websites uh, had a great deal to do with it, um, because you know we and I say we, I mean collectively the entire Disney fan community, Mouse not just us. To happen then also. Yeah, that collectively the Disney fan community uh, picking that time of year to go. It was only a matter of time before Disney said, "Okay, well, let's just charge them more." So. We've always told people the Christmas decorations are up, the prices are lower, the weather's great. The weather's great. Not There's as a lot good of events happening. But you know what? Time too. I got to tell you, my favorite time to be at Disney World, January, January, hmm. January third. So, Don't say that too loud. That'll be the next season. Really? All right. Well, thank you for that, uh, John Walter. What do you have? <clears throat> There's a rumor that the uh, Orlando, uh, Universal Orlando is sending out a survey to gauge visitors' interest in popular franchise films such as Avatar, Lord of the Rings, or Twilight. Let's see what else we can screw up. As becoming part of the theme song's landscape through possible merchandise, attractions, and character interactions. Yeah, when that, they tried to do that with Waterworld. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, that now, show was good. That now they're asking about Twilight. Yeah, I want I want to see the Twilight theme park. This is where everybody just walks around brooding. I got but the one for Lord of the Rings. You're going to get in trouble. Why? All the Twilight people are going to. All the thirteen year old girls are going to attack you. No, yeah. no, no. No, it's the Cougars that want Edward. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he is really going where no man dare to trade him. <laughs> we can all bite our lip and pass. I got bad news for you. Edward's gay. <laughs> The Lord of the Rings one. They team, asked you like team Edward, twenty different it's questions. It's my team. <laughs> He's bad for my team. team. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kathy. What did you say? Just the, I got that survey, and they asked like with Lord of the Rings, would you buy lunch boxes? They they went through. They gave you like a, a <laughs> list of like merchandise. Which merchandise would you buy? Would you Pencils. Still carry a lunch. <laughs> well, that was that was one of the choices. And then you know, like, really, what would you want to see in the park? Universal really are the clampets of Orlando. <laughs> mm-hmm. My now precious ham and cheese sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> now there's going to be a post on the border from all the people. Carry lunch boxes. Again, I'm sorry. <laughs> carry lunch boxes. I'm proud. <laughs> I think out of all of those, I think Avatar would make the coolest land. I think so. <laughs> I told you last week. Kevin, I'm yeah, come on, Kevin. Light up tree. You, you love your remains of the day. You love your remains of the day lunch box. Here's two. Quirky, calm down. <laughs> so what are the movies? My dinner Kate with Andre. Die. My dinner with Andre place. <laughs> Action figures. He <laughs> just must, must have just watched Waiting for Government. I did. I watched it again last week. Oh, my. That is one of the... If you have not seen Waiting for Government, it's on Netflix. They just added it to Netflix. It is really a funny, funny, funny movie. It's a Christopher Guest movie. It's really funny. I'm a huge fan of Christopher Guest movies. He is phenomenal. And so that, that's where these references are coming David from. David Zanola is dying. <laughs> 
John, it is Avatar, Lord of the Rings, or Twilight. Is the See, three. Avatar, now that could make it cool. That could be a cool one. But they'll never be able to afford James Cameron's no. licensing fee. I just want you to know that Disney had to light up sidewalks first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Walter. Kathy. I she started. <laughs> oh, you started. That's right. Never mind. Yes. Encore, guys. It's, well, it's, it's been a 38-minute uh, rapid fire, so I, I, I just, I've lost track of time. <laughs> All right, that will do it for Rapid Fire for this week. We're going to move on to our first segment, as I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, a few weeks back when Will Perry was here, uh, we had recorded a segment uh, for the IndyCar, the new IndyCar experience being done at the Walt Disney World Speedway. Uh, they do the Richard Petty uh, experience. This is something different. Uh, where you're driving one of those, I guess, those real IndyCar-looking <laughs> things. And uh, uh, we do have video of, of that on the site already, but uh, Will and Corey had done a segment for us, so we're going to go ahead and play that now, and uh, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it a little bit afterwards. So here are Will and Corey and the IndyCar experience, the Walt Disney World Speedway. All right, we're going to talk to Will, Perry, and Corey Martin about a recent... Experience they had over at the Walt Disney World Speedway. They just added a new, uh, what's it, the IndyCar experience? Yeah, the uh, the IndyCar experience, much like the Richard Petty driving experience. But but this is separate from Richard Petty. It's yeah. just happening at the same track. Yeah. Okay. It's, a, it's a completely different operation deal. Um, these companies kind of work together, but the experiences are uh, completely different. So Is this a permanent new thing, or is it a, just for a limited time? They only have it in three other, two other locations besides Disney. So, Actually, there's a lot of tracks that they offer this experience at, but Walt Disney World and Indianapolis is the only locations where are, are the only locations where you can drive an Indy car. So, um, this is probably the most popular next to Indy. I think it's going to get bigger. I do. I'd hate to miss out on that, Pete. There's only two places. You're not doing it. <laughs> You're not doing it. Well, you know, no. You're not doing it. Over my dead body. So, tell us about it. What is it? What do you do? Why should we care about this? Basically, this is uh, this is for any thrill seeker. I would say um, it's it's a sensation. It's a feeling you're going to get. You're, you're not going to find anywhere else. The IndyCar experience basically is an opportunity for race fan, not race fan, extreme thrill seeker to strap in one of these cars. Uh, and, uh, and and take a lap, actually three laps around the speedway, or the opportunity to drive it themselves. Indy cars—they look like go karts, the little small, low to the ground go karts, open wheel cars. Okay, very low to the ground, very wide. Uh, but you see these cars at race at Indianapolis. That's why they're called Indy cars. But the open wheels. Are- I didn't realize there was a passenger seat in those. Am I not thinking of the right car? Well, it's not a passenger seat. It's like they're sitting behind. Yeah. Yeah. You are like a cockpit. But there's an actual place back there for somebody. It's not like they put a right. You're sitting in, back in the center. <laughs> Think of this like Forbidden Journey. <laughs> Is that, I'm not going to fit. Not, we're not going to fit in the seat. <laughs> um, unlike a stock car or your everyday car, where you sit on the left, you're sitting in the middle, driving. So your perspective, your your you know the feeling, you're so low to the ground. It's a uh, it's pretty neat, but um. Speaking of restrictions or forbidden journey, you got to be 18, and uh, you couldn't do it. Six foot five is the cutoff. Man, Jeez, poor Andy. Think I'm six foot five, yeah. <laughs> and you have to I be under 250. 
Right. Oh, I'd want to do it. it and under like 250. Fun. So um, the, the, seat, the seat in the ride-along is actually pretty small. And it, yeah, I, I was tight. Your me. knees are really, really tucked in there. So uh, we got the opportunity to do both experiences. Well, he did both. I just did the ride-along. I just wanted to go really fast, but I didn't want to drive. Well, like I said to him last night, because, you know, what's a week gone by without you, you know, taking a shot at making your wife a widow and your children orphans? Well, she didn't know beforehand. I just told her afterwards. You, oh, you didn't? Oh. Well, I didn't even no. know I was going to ride along. <laughs> that's, that's messed up. William, I wish I had thought of that. That's messed up. Yeah, he, he didn't. He got there, and I'm like, oh. I, I was going for support for Will and his emergency contact. <laughs> yeah. You're going to recognize like the body. Emergency contact, Will. <laughs> emergency contact, Corey. That's right. We just swapped. I do. I mean, there's. It's pretty extensive. They make you sign, you know, five pages of waivers. But don't let that. I say that five pages of waivers next to Ken. It's but like buying a house. Really, really. they're. It, it's safe. I mean, these cars are made to do one thing, and that's go fast and and handle on these How roads. How many waivers so. do you have to sign to get on Space Mountain? I lost count. <laughs> the answer is none. Yeah. That's safe. But he did the ride along first. Yeah, I did the ride along first, which was awesome. I actually took the the video camera and strapped it to the top of the car. They basically not let mine, me. mind you. No, thank no. God, because I was using that. I'm like, I was using a gorilla pod. Me. So I was, you know, with the uh, the ride along, I was concentrating on making sure the camera didn't go flying away and trying to enjoy it. When I got off, I mean, my stomach—you can feel it in your stomach. And it that's three awesome. laps. Three laps. And what's the top speed? Yeah. 116 average. Now, 100, some people might not think 116 is too fast. No, when in, you're that low in to that the little ground. Tiny, in the little tiny oh, corner. Yeah. The other thing, too, is you're also doing those curves. Yeah. And curves feel faster than a straight line, so that's even scary. I mean, I kept thinking the car was going to spin because we were hitting those curves so fast. You really put a lot, of, a lot of faith in the car and those tires and that driver. Right. Pete's like, I don't. Nope. <laughs> nope. And no, you're not doing it. You're not doing it. The so driver, just forget it. Talking to Walter. The driver that takes you around, what, what are his credentials? And is he in a good mood? Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Hung, is he hung over? The, the driver was great. And they offer, um, there's a bunch of different drivers, actually, that the, that the IndyCar experiences use. Do they have any drivers that look like Dana Kilpatrick? Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Probably the most popular known is Davey Hamilton. Um, He's been, okay, he's been around for throwing out names. I have no idea. Yeah, who. Wasn't he one of the most? It's like y'all they, talking about show tunes. They use um, retired drivers, <laughs> and <laughs> but that's normal. <laughs> These guys are trained. They're professionals. Very few people have crashed at a Broadway show. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Nobody goes to see a Broadway show just to see somebody crash into a wall. Well, I think the only people that crash are the ones that probably drive the car and don't know how to, like Dale Earnhardt. So uh, what's the top speed that you can get the car up to if you're the driver yourself without a uh, – uh, when you're not the passenger, when you're the driver? That's what I asked him. I was real curious. Uh, he said my average was 100. So I think in about 110, 115 is probably what I got to in, in the car. Probably no more than but that. But there's no speedometer? No. Okay. No. And it's, you know, compared to the Richard Petty, completely different experience. You, I mean, the car, the way you're sitting, it's so low. Um, so you feel like you're going, like Corey said, so much faster than right, you do. So to, so to uh, non-race fans like me, um, what really is the difference between the car you're driving in the Indy experience and the car you're driving in the Richard Petty experience? Everything. Big uh, from the ground up. Well, that narrows it down for me. Thank yeah, you so no, much. I mean, really, the way these cars are built, from the 
you know the the chassis to the the ground clearance um uh, the cars the motors everything's completely different um indy cars are basically the most high-tech automobiles or you race know what, cars you know the indy cars look like it looks like almost like a bullet with the wheels yeah, coming off the right, center okay. the other car is more of a real car yeah. car with a passenger seat in, indy cars are open cockpits and nascars are more like your traditional car okay that's the answer I was looking for. So Thank now, you. So now you've got Corey's gone around three times, and you've come out of it, and now you've decided to do the ride along or the drive. I actually did the drive first, which is it's better because if you would have did the ride along first, and then you would have hopped behind it to drive, you would have felt like you were going real slow. I wish I would have done the ride along first because <laughs> I, I wish I'd have went faster. To be honest, and, and the ride along it is you, and that guy goes. It's a. Uh, there you go. Okay. So it's um, they're holding up visual aids for the yeah. <laughs> um, the ride along impaired. The ride along is a lot faster than you're going to do in the driving experience. You're you're going to get out there and, and and probably not go that fast, not near as fast as the professional. The uh, even the difference in going into the corners. You know, when I was driving, it's nothing. I mean, you could feel one one and a half g's gravity. Uh, and uh, when thanks, Will. You know what you mean. Uh, when, when the driver, when I did the ride along, it was, you know, two or three times that easy. So did you have to wear the jumpsuit? Yep. Yes. Jumpsuit, shoes, gloves, helmet. Oh, yeah, they have pictures of Corey getting all done up in his little. Well, at, at first they put this white hood on him, like he looks like a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> no, I swear to God, it's just like it's like this weird, like it's this white. Sock over his head with just like this area open for his eyes. I like, definitely suggest if you do any of these experiences, wear shorts. Maybe you know wear, you know something real light. Because if you're in jeans and then you have to throw this suit on over that, it was it was hot, really hot, in there. It's a it's a real race suit, fireproof, so they're 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 heavy. And uh, now how long, like for the ride along, how long does that take to do? You know, it was such a blur to me. I, I couldn't even tell you if it was. Three minutes. Well, you taped the whole thing? I don't think that camera liked how fast we were going. Because <laughs> at the end of it, we went to go play it, and it seems like the second the car started, the camera shut off. Because I have to wear a fire retardant suit? Yeah. Yes. Also something that you don't have to do in a Broadway theater. <laughs> yeah, really. Your actual driving and riding experience isn't, isn't very long. Um, couple, I was wondering if the tape minutes. would show you how long you were ride along for, but it's probably just the harmonics of the engine in a few yeah. camera or something like that. Yeah. Now, what, what, what's the pricing uh, on this stuff? Pricing, it's a little pricey to drive, I think, in my opinion. Three ninety nine gets you behind the wheel of an Indy car. Um, Four hundred bucks is, I mean, it's it's expensive, but it's. But isn't that comparable to what you 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 pay for uh, Richard Petty? Richard Petty, absolutely. Yeah, it's right there in the same ballpark. And it's the same number of laps. That's eight yep. laps. Eight laps. And you did three in the the ride along is three, and that's a hundred and nine dollars. Worth it, definitely. Definitely, worth it. yeah. I think that's that's a great deal. Do um, they require a security deposit in case you wreck the car when you're driving? No, There's they just make you sign away everything. Yeah. You, they, literally, they were signing like pages and pages of releases. Yeah, had a, you had to provide your insurance information. Yeah, they ask you your insurance provider. They ask you policy number, number. Like the last four digits of your social. Oh, if they don't, if you don't know your like license number and all that stuff, yeah, it was like buying a house. And you eat your doctor's name, <laughs> your doctor's phone number, your policy number. Yeah, all that stuff. So I, I didn't know. I didn't know some of this. So I didn't like know my they, policy number. Do they want your vehicle policy number or your health insurance? Health insurance. 
No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't put it. I mean, this is extreme. This is extreme Orlando. You know, if you're looking for something extreme, it's. You know, 99 times out of 100, though, a race car is a very See, safe place a, to be. But a Broadway show with Bob Carr is pretty uh, extreme, out of too. 100. It's horrible seating, and the acoustics <laughs> are terrible. So, I mean, you know, you could do that. So is this something that um, we want to give something to Dad for Father's Day or his birthday, a special thing? You think it's something that's I think worth it? Yeah, I, you know, from just what these guys have told me, I think this is... Uh, especially for, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll say women who are having trouble convincing their husbands to come to Disney World. This is probably if they're especially if they're race car fans. Oh yeah, it just goes to show that uh, Disney does offer something for everybody. And you know, I really, honestly, don't think you have to be a race fan. You're not a race fan, no, to enjoy this. I like to go fast. But if if you like roller coasters and are a thrill seeker, this is this is. Uh, this is your thing here. Now, how? Uh, what's the age limit? Eighteen. Okay. Got to be eighteen to do either. So, eighteen and uh, six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds. That's your restrictions. You don't need anything. Like I said, they provide you helmet, love suit, everything. So, for one hundred ten bucks, you know. Was it the same thing as the other one where you went through the training course first, and they talked to you about it, and they showed you a movie, and no, not for. Not near like uh, what Richard Petty does. They sit you down in a class, and it, you know it's it's a little more extensive. Nothing for really the ride along. No training whatsoever. Um, the drive was basically a uh, just a, a whiteboard. They kind of explained some rules, um, things to do when you're taking off, and you know discuss the. Well, that, that's the interesting given the differences in the vehicles. Absolutely. Um, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing that they don't go through the same level of prep as Richard Petty does? I think they. And I'm not sure if um, – I think they should. I don't, I don't know if it's because there's, it's a new experience and they don't have their own building and the facility thinks to cater to these things, but I think it should be stepped up a little bit. The training, you know, maybe they should show a video. And, I have uh, a question to ask. Because the experience is so different from driving a regular car, do you think they assume people are just going to be safer? They're going to be less willing to try something – Outrageous. I, I think I think they since they have to share a building with Richard Petty. I don't think they had the facilities to to host it in a classroom and things like that. Right. Because they they're sharing it and there's only like a little area where they have their lockers and they have their board of instructions. It, but it's not that bad, really. Given yeah. I mean these guys, the, the team out there was outstanding. I mean those guys were awesome. Any questions you have. They're gonna make. They're gonna make sure you're comfortable. This seemed more one on one. Yeah, it was. Were Richard Petty driving things going on at the same time? No. Like they would go and then you would go. This starts about four o'clock. They 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 uh, they like you to show up about three thirty. You make your reservation online, and they can run up till seven, but they usually like to stop a little before that, just because the, the sun starts coming down uh, and whatnot. So. So which would you? Uh would you recommend one over the other, a Richard Petty versus IndyCar experience? I was thinking of this. If I if I was going to go back. And you only could do one. And I could only do one, I would do the IndyCar again. Really? Yeah. And that's that's saying a lot. You guys know how much I like NASCAR. I'm a big NASCAR fan. But, man, this was this was cool. This was different. These vehicles, I'm telling you, they're, you know, they're that's unique. Sad. And it's it's an experience, man. It, it really is. Um 
I would definitely suggest, though, if you if you do do this, um, bring somebody that can take photos of you. I think they'll take photos of you if you ask, but they're not set up to take photos right. and all that stuff. So bring somebody with a video camera um, and or still um, to get some shots of you. And we have some uh, we have some photos and video going up with this uh, yes. with this segment. So how does it compare to test track? I'm just curious. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that one. <laughs> yeah, if you if you if if you like test track, this is it times a thousand and to an extreme level. I mean, it's do you get now, fun, man. Now, do you get a video? Now, Andy, are you a, are you a race fan? I I used to be. Okay. I kind of grew out of that phase. Oh. It was for a girl. Oh, okay. William, do you get a video of your driving experience or anything? Um, you know, the um, that's one thing I wish the IndyCar guys would offer. Like Corey just said, the photos uh, and the video. They don't have the in-car camera that Richard Petty offers. So those are memories that, you know, Wow. I would have bought it. Well, again, being new, that, it's that's probably what I mean. something that oh, yeah. these know, things are going to come. Will, will, will come, um, hopefully. It's hard for them to advertise. Well, it's not hard. It's impossible for them to advertise on Disney property because this isn't the Walt Disney World indie racing experience. Right. Like it's the Walt Disney World Richard Petty experience. They can advertise on Disney property. They don't have the freedom to do that. So a lot of people don't know about this. So this is a uh, this is kind of a, a hidden thing. Yes. A hidden gem, yeah. so to speak. They're pretty new, and and we talked to him. There's there's some other things they're going to bring in too, like. Um, Helmets. You're going to be able to buy a helmet. You know, maybe have your the driver sign it or something. You know, they're going to offer some. Um, they have some T-shirts right now, but so now the drivers. More things to come. The drivers that are driving you around the track are they somebody or are they just? Davy Hamilton. Davy Hamilton. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> well, there's there's a couple that are that are retired drivers. Um, actually, Chuck Buckman is a, is a pretty big name in the IndyCar, uh, Indy racing. Uh, you know. Sport, so and he's he's one of the main crew guys there that was helping us. So yeah, there's these guys are definitely inclined and if you're into the sport, I guess you would know what those names are mm-hmm. and who those people are. So that's good. I mean, it's like just... Adina Menzel and Mr. <laughs> Chenoweth. Yeah, okay. And there's no reason why women can't do this either because I've seen different women going over and doing the race. Could we imply yeah. that women could yeah, do that? Well, I'm, I'm just adding my two cents <laughs> as a race fan. When we were there, right? right. I yeah. said it. You know. For your dad, but it could be for anybody. Yeah, yep, it was that's true. Yeah. It was a little misogynistic, I guess. Yes, I apologize. So cool. Well, I'm uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and uh, sounds you know sounds like you're inter- it's interesting. You're into that. I'm really glad that I did the ride along because I, I didn't plan on it, but I'm glad I did it. Cool. It was fun. Yeah. Um, real quick, just some other tracks that offer ride alongs because I think, I mean, I think that's the way to go. Oh, it's, that's right. It's located in more than one place. Yeah, it's not. Not near. I mean, hundred nine dollars isn't, you know, isn't that expensive for this? Texas, Iowa, Watkins Glen, Kansas, Infineon, Chicago Land, Kentucky, and Homestead, Miami are awful tracks. Also, tracks that offer the ride along experience. Remember, Indy and Walt Disney World are the only uh, tracks that offer the driving. So, if you live close to one of those, those I, are cool tracks to be able to do that on. Yeah, Watkins Glen, a road course or something. Man, that uh, that'd be pretty cool. So, yeah. if you live live by one of those, definitely recommend. Uh, the ride-along experience. Did you buy any tires? <laughs> no, they had some out there, though. I wish I did. That's right. Will uses uh, old tires as furniture. Yeah. You might be a redneck. If- oh, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, jump on their website, IndieRacingExperience.com. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, uh, wperry at wdwinfo.com. 
Um, Say that ten times fast. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so go check it out. Cool. Cool. Thank you, Will. Thank you, Corey. All right. So I also want to mention um, after that was recorded, we, we added tickets uh, for the Richard Petty driving experience on the Diz. Now, these are highly discounted tickets. Um, the ride-along experience, you get $25 off. The rookie experience, $108 off of the gate price. And, uh, you know, the King's experience and the experience of a lifetime, the savings go up more. So if you're interested in doing the Richard Petty experience, uh, we do offer tickets, discounted tickets, on the Diz now. And somewhere I think we have the segment that Will had done, uh, like, last year or whatever it was, on the uh, Richard Petty uh, experience. Right, along with a video and his review of that. And Will was just, he was like a kid, a kid on Christmas doing this uh, IndyCar thing, because that's his thing. That's his. Yeah, I was there to take photos and video, but... He was like a kid in a candy store. He was. <laughs> he was. Great video, too, that he put together of that. So we have links to all that stuff on the show notes page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. Thank you, Will and Corey, for that. We'll move on to our next segment and discuss the opening of the new Via Napoli restaurant at uh, Epcot in the Italy Pavilion. John, Kevin, and Kathy were on hand for the premiere. So why don't you guys... Tell us about it. You guys are nice enough to allow Kevin and I to go to this event. Usually, Corey goes and you go to events. But since he says was, once in a while, you let us go to something. Like, you let us out of the house. Throw us a bone. Feel like we've been in the attic this whole time. Um, Come on, baby Jane, move along. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we got all our stuff and we're ready to go over. And Sending a letter to Daddy. <laughs> and as usual, it's never about just getting to the place. There always has to be some drama when it comes to Kevin and I. No, really? Always, always. <laughs> it goes so smoothly. We thought, okay, you know what? We're big and fat, and it's 100 degrees out. We're going to get to Epcot early. We're going to get there early. We're going to give ourselves time to get back to this event. We're going to show up. We're going to be refreshed and everything. We get through the turnstiles at Epcot at 10 a.m. We, we have an hour. We have an hour to get back. To Villanapoli, to Villanapoli in the Illy Pavilion. We think we're doing so great. So we make our way back and we go to the boat, boat launch. We figure we'll take the boats. It'll give us a chance to cool down a little bit so we don't, you know, Makes sense. show up panting right, right. and soaked from our socks to our hair. So we get there, and we sit down, and we're waiting for the boat, and we're waiting for the boat. And we're looking at Friendship Lake or whatever it's called. <laughs> and <laughs> that's when we realize the Friendship boats don't run until 11 a.m. Because they really don't want you back in the World Showcase till then. So we thought, all right, we're going to have to hike back there. And it's as far back as you can go before you start coming back the other way. (laughs) So we thought, all right, how did we not know this? But all right, we're going to go around and we're going to walk around and take our time. Now, before you get to, before you even go any further. That's what happens when you don't go into theme parks in the morning. That's exactly right. And we had the discussion of, should we park out in front of Epcot or we should park at the Yacht Club and walk over the Beach Club? And we thought, okay, let's just do the right thing and park out in front and walk back. Okay. So we start to walk around, and it's not pleasant. I mean, it, this is the middle it, of August. It's horrible. It's, hot. It, it was it's hot. horrible, yeah. This is the hottest summer we've ever had, no matter what anybody tells me. It's just ridiculous. And we're, I, I don't want to say we're dressed up, because we're not, but we're dressed a little bit nicer than we would for a theme park. You both look nice. Thank, Thank you. you. So did you. So we get to, we get as far as Norway. And there's the impenetrable barrier of a rope across Norway. 
that says uh, World Showcase opens at 11 a.m. And as you approach the rope, the cast member acts like you're trying to get into North Korea. (laughs) (laughs) And so we try to explain we're here for a press event. Here's our paperwork. We're supposed to be there at 11 a.m. It starts at 11 a.m. If you let us into Epcot at 11 a.m., we'll be there by tomorrow. So we're not going to make it to this event. So she has the world's first walkie-talkie. And she, she, she turns around like we're not going to be able to hear her because now her back is to us, right? <laughs> it's not a bank vault. You've turned around, okay? <laughs> so she's whispering into the It's like, it's okay. We know where we want to go. We know why we want to go there. Just ask. She's got to get a manager to approve. Well, the manager over the, the phone says no. Okay. So the next thing you know, who strolls up but... Mr. Garcia, Jason Garcia from the Orlando Sentinel. Yeah. So we think, okay. And he says to her, now he's wearing press credentials. John and I are just hot. <laughs> <laughs> hot and angry. So she, he says, you know, it's supposed to start at 11 o'clock. We need to get back there. Well, she, she, tar- she says to us, I have to call a Segway supervisor. I thought, I, I, I at this point, don't care who you call. <laughs> there's no place to sit and there's no shade. Let's go. So now the Segway guy comes over, and he has to go back and check and see if there is an event at Viennapoli. So he rides back. And we can watch him go all the way around the <laughs> around. And I think, and I'm standing here in the sun, and I'm starting to sizzle. So she radios to her, okay, let them in. So we go, we pass the rope. And Jason Garcia walks faster than John and I. So Jason Garcia stays with us for about two seconds. And then he's like, listen, I'm going ahead. And we're like, all right, I want to be there before tomorrow. <laughs> we're like, all right, send back supplies. <laughs> Tell them where our bodies can be found. All right, so we make it to Italy. We are hot. Tell them where our bones can be. So we we are just miserable. We're hot and sweaty and gross. And we get to Italy. And And it's not cooling down as you get back towards the back of Epcot. And people are talking. And ribbons are being cut. And confetti's flying in the air. (laughs) Now, John and I are standing there. And they have this confetti cannon. And I look over. And the confetti is stuck right to the side. So we looked like those two monkeys in the National Geographic episode picking confetti off each other. It could have been $1,000 bills for like here. John says to me, are you listening to what the man's saying? I was like, he's talking? And they're talking and they're bringing up, you know, guys. And they're, I have no idea what they're talking about. And then Mickey and Minnie showed up and cut the ribbon. ribbon. And okay, everybody goes inside. So we go inside. There's there's hundreds of people standing there. He says, we're going to take people in. You know, a couple at a time. And i like, no, excuse me. There's air conditioning in there. I'm in. <laughs> I haven't pushed Mickey and Minnie down and stepped over them. So we get inside and we sort of claim a table and say, okay, we're going to calm down. Well, lo and behold, Kathy's there. I didn't know Kathy was going. I would have. Kathy's there lounging, well, having a cocktail. Diana on a good day, right? <laughs> she's all fresh. She's sitting there and she's actually rubbing her shoulders because she's a little chilly. <laughs> so I turned around and I said, how did you get back here on time? And she goes, well, didn't you take the shuttle? It was, was a freaking shuttle! <laughs> it was at this point, I thought, John's going to hit Kathy. <laughs> I think I had an actual physical conniption film. <laughs> this was, was the a definition freaking, of carnival ape crazy. There was a freaking <laughs> shuttle, and we didn't know about it. Apparently. And Kathy says, 
Oh, yeah, they picked you up at the front gate, and they drove you right back here. Mm-hmm. There was a check-in area at the front of Epcot for press, and when you got there, you got checked in, apparently. You mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. nice shuttle. Talk about the clamp at cheese. Talk about the clamp at showing up at Epcot. We rookies. We really are. We had no clue. What we're, but the saving grace is Jason Garcia didn't either, and he's <laughs> the print press. So I thought, well, at least he went out as stupid as we look. Exactly. <laughs> someone else messed up, not just us. Only Jason wasn't sweating. So we finally get inside, and it's just, we're just hot and miserable and mad and just, it's awful. Well, they start to bring stuff around to the tables. The waiters start to bring stuff around the tables. And they bring this... Aqua fresca. ...drink out. And they're flavored. There was a blood orange, a lemon, and a strawberry. Hmm. And Kathy and John looked at it and went, no. And I thought, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I've literally soaked through my clothes. Get, let's get something to drink. <laughs> and so we had a couple of those, and they were really good. They were excellent. They Sounds are. good. Then the guy came by and offered me sangria. And I said, do you want me to catch fire? <laughs> Run along. <laughs> so finally, <laughs> I was not pleasant. Dispatched him. I was not happy at all. Oh, we're never getting invited back. Yeah, he came around with glasses of Prosecco. And, you know, we're trying very hard wine. not to get the chairs wet. Yeah. So after like 40 of these drinks, we finally, finally get cool. And we finally get calmed down in a place. And that's when you finally get a chance to really look at this restaurant. And this restaurant is beautiful. It's really? Absolutely beautiful. There are several, there are a lot of individual tables running the length of the center of the restaurant. There's like a large communal table where people will be sat family style or sitting with other guests, I think. Ew. It. They're going to put, like, solo people if you're there. Or, right, or you can't get a table and you're right. willing to sit at it. It's, it's almost like, like a bar. the date table. Mm-hmm. Right. Hey, maybe I should go back. Yeah, really. <laughs> Cruise ship practice. And it has this sort of uh, inlaid ceramic work on it. It's absolutely, absolutely beautiful. beautiful. This is by far the airiest restaurant, other than probably Chefs de France, which is mostly all windows on one side. Mm-hmm. There's a great deal of light in here. High a lot of uh, a lot of windows. It's again, it is very high ceilings. There's a lot of um, light fixtures, but you can also see outside, which I found very nice. I find a lot of the restaurants at Epcot are a little um, cave-like. Yeah, closed, yeah. like Le Cellier. Yeah, Le Cellier. You're in a cellar. You feel like you are. You're on the ground floor, but it feels like a cellar. And it, while that's atmospheric, this is just it. Seemed lighter and airier. And on a hot day, that was a good thing. Beautifully decorated walls. Um, one area of the restaurant is sort of their open prep kitchen. It's not the full kitchen, but it's where they make their appetizers and their pizzas. So you can watch the pizza chefs making the pizzas and stuff. But behind them is a wall of ovens, of uh, wood-burning ovens for the pizza. I thought that, that was cool. Absolutely incredible. You have to go and see them to believe it. They're named after volcanoes. And their faces mm-hmm. with different expressions, and they're these giant wood burning. Their ovens. mouths are the ovens. Wow! So it's that almost sounds creepy. Uh, no, it's not at no, all. No. It's absolutely stunning. It really is. It's incredible. And um, as you come in, the reception area is like a g- big glass block, a big glass, like I don't know, like a, a greenhouse kind of thing, mm-hmm. so that while you're standing in the reception area, you can see into the whole restaurant. I think that made it feel airier also. It's not closed off. It's not like a big reveal after you turn the corner and you see the restaurant. You can see the restaurant, the whole restaurant the minute you walk in. And at this point now, um, 
there are dozens of waiters walking around with trays of food. Really, I mean, you couldn't turn around without somebody offering you something. Wow. We had arancini, which are little rice balls filled with ground meat and then deep fried. Uh, we had they came around with little paper cones of Frito Misto, which had uh, mozzarella in it, a little calamari, and a uh, zucchini, a zucchini spear, one all of fried. A, one of them had a mushroom, a fried mushroom. In I'm there. actually looking at the pictures that you guys have from the event on the blog. Well, that's actually thanks to Kathy because she was there. Well, I figured I know you didn't take these because no. it's not like the heads aren't cut off. <laughs> <laughs> And Kathy's fingers weren't greasy with sweat, so she could push the button. <laughs> exactly. She wasn't shaking with anger. Um, there was... They gave. Uh, they came around and uh, gave everybody some pizza. We tried the margarita pizza. We also had a... They had a pizza with prosciutto and melon. By the time it got to us, I think people had picked the, the prosciutto off, so I had pizza with melon. Yeah. The pizza wasn't great. The pizza was just kind of, eh. but I think it's because of it's one a very of very thin crust. I said, love that. Yeah. And but it had made its way around a room. The yeah. first pizza we had was like crispy. It was good. The one with the red sauce on it. Yep. I think it was just a cheese pizza. It was good. The other ones, kind of soggy. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to judge it. Right. This was cater right. waiter stuff. So it was a guy walking around with a tray, and I have no idea how long it made him from where he was. Because the pizzas were on the other side of the room. So he made his way all the way around the room, and by the time he got to us, our pizza wasn't hot. Mm. It was, okay. if anything, warm. So I don't want to say anything bad about it. it, it the, the stuff I had was in that condition. It wasn't great. But again, the stuff that came out deep fried that was in the little paper cones and had a chance to stay warm as it came around was wonderful. They were good. Everybody was great, very, very nice, very welcoming. It's a beautiful looking place. It is absolutely incredible. It's very different. It's it's very modern for Epcot. It, it's not, I, I don't want to say it's not overly themed, but it's not the, that heavy theming that Epcot yeah, usually Yeah, I thought the does. theming was just like perfect, having right. you know, been to Italy. It was, it, it reminded me of what I remember Italy. Yeah, it does. Like, it does have that. It definitely does evoke that. That that. Uh, you see the ovens. Yeah, the ovens. That there. sort of modern day Italy, as opposed of Il Molino, which has that sort of you know, the emperor's throne room kind of <laughs> feel to it. And if we can go back to that when you were talking about the opening ceremony, if mm-hmm. you see the pictures there, um, one of the things I thought was really neat that you probably missed was they were stomping grapes. Did you ever see the Lucy episode where her and Ethel were stomping grapes? Oh, you told us about all these great things that happened before we got there. <laughs> <laughs> but I took took pictures of that, and I put one of those pictures up on Facebook, and here it turns out that one of the listeners on the Diz, that was her sister. Oh, wow. And she just thought they don't get to see the sister very often. So she asked if I'd send her some more pictures. That's cool. But it's the same lady who's um, Mother Earth during um, the Flower and Garden Festival. Oh, cool. But these wow. two people, as they, the cast members, as they were coming through the crowd, and they were, like, warming people up. And it was like, you know, oh, what, what's this cast member being, like, touchy-feely, you know, like, Italian-like? And then when she went up and stomped the grapes... They just really got the crowd all worked up. I mean, Disney did a great job for this. The outside is supposed to be like an Italian mansion that's been turned into a restaurant. And there's outdoor seating also, which is built to look like Italian stables. The, the building themselves, and they've converted that into an outdoor seating area. A great deal of seating is available outside, so I have a feeling they're going to serve food out there also. 
Not something I would recommend in the middle of August. No. Your pizza won't get cold. <laughs> um, they're also not taking uh, priority seatings. Not yet. They're not taking them yet. After uh, September the 5th, you can book reservations. And I've already had problems getting that for clients. It's already really? proven to be pretty it's popular. Wow. Um, it's not a huge restaurant, so I would expect no. it's going to fill up fast. And I expect the outdoor seating during the, um, the more temperate months will be very popular. I agree. Uh, we ran into Dan Cockrell while we were there. Dan is Lee Cockrell's son. He's also Luke. the VP of uh, Epcot. Epcot. Right. And there's another reason why they're not going to let us go to another one. People were interviewing people and asking them questions, and we went up and we said, how's your dad? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we really cut out to be pressed. There were people with giant cameras and microphones with the little fur things on them, and, you know, they were doing the whole little news reporter thing. And John, taking notes and writing notes about what people said. John, I didn't do We that. went up to Dan Carcoll and asked him about his dad and how things were going. Told him what a good friend he was to the Diz <laughs> and how much we enjoyed his um, participation in our, our things, our events and things. Very nice man. Yeah, he is. I, I went up and did pretty much the same thing because he knows Katie. So it was great. I mean, you can't really judge this restaurant by what we experienced. Yeah, this is definitely not a review. This was a very nice thing that we were invited to. And did you get the desserts? We we were kind of uh, getting ready to go at that point. We were kind of getting preparing ourselves to walk back to the front of Epcot. And Kevin tried some uh, fruit cup that they had. And we saw they had a tiramisu and things like that, but we really didn't get a chance to try the desserts, did you? Yeah, they were they were good. And then there was the one that was their version of an ice cream sundae that they served in like a little uh, martini glass. It was really good. So I'd this go back gonna, for the dessert. This is going to be a popular addition. This is a lighter food. It, it's um, I think it's more accessible food. And I think... It's a design, a restaurant concept that I think Epcot is sort of missing out on. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's not a counter service restaurant, but it's more casual than their sit-down restaurants, their table service restaurants. I will say this, the menu does look expensive. Mm -hmm. I didn't say it was cheaper. I said it's a little more casual. Those drinks that we liked with the fruit in them were five bucks each. Yeah, I realized I went through like $30 worth of drinks (laughs) in four seconds. And um, the pizzas are expensive in the main course. So One of their pizzas is $36. Oh, I my Lord. I think it's 36 inches in diameter. Yeah, it's, it's a like, meter. And they bring um, it to you on a like a long plate that they have like up on risers on the table. So it's okay. a $36 pizza is going to get just as cold as a $10 pizza. So. And on the way out, they hand this a little goodie bag. And the goodie bag, it had some press information. We actually brought you a goodie bag. Yeah. There's some... Pre-recorded press info, and you get a um, branded pizza cutter. Which for I all was, the pizza I cut, right? <laughs> it was so I nice. Was, I mean, they didn't yeah, have they're to cool. Do it. No, uh, no, absolutely. There's also a little plastic raincoat on the on the wheel that I didn't realize when I first started playing with it. That this isn't going to cut anything. <laughs> you have to take the little plastic <laughs> raincoat coating. Now the Mickey shaped pizzas was that just for the event, or is that something they're going to do? I believe that it was show, so I think that it was for the event. But I'm sure they'll have one out for people to look at. I don't know if they're going to deliver. Did you hear them say that? No, I didn't hear them say anything. I think that was for display. Right, they'll probably have one on display. I was actually very impressed with the prep kitchen area. Uh, very clean and very open, and that's a brave thing for people to do for any restaurant oh, to yeah. do. So, I mean, they must be proud of their staff and their... I trust restaurants that open it up. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's happening well, this is Well, uh, this is also the Patina Group uh, exactly. mm-hmm. from California that uh, uh, does this restaurant. These are the uh, same people responsible for Naples 
at Downtime Disney in California and a number of other high-end restaurants in the Los Angeles area. And I can tell you Naples is one of my favorite places to eat. Uh, out, out there. I love Naples. They, they really have some fantastic food. One other thing, which is really off the beaten track, but because this is a new restaurant, as opposed to one that was built and repurposed when Epcot was first built, the restrooms in the back of the restaurant are handicapped accessible, more so than some of the other restaurants. Mm. Good. That's nice. It's good to know. So, uh, overall, a good addition to Epcot. I would think it's going to be an excellent addition to Epcot. Most really definitely. Do. Really do. I've got to try it. We'll do a full review eventually of it. Let them. Uh, well, you're going to be going there very soon. We're going to have a, a mini ABD reunion from the folks who went on the a- oh, April right. trip, and we have a reservation there coming up next month sometime. As a local, I wish these. Uh, I wish they offered valet. There's no short way to get there. Which yeah. Is, yeah. <laughs> it's an event. It's an event to get there. We talk about where do you want to go for dinner? Well, I would love to go to France, but there's no way. There's no shortcut. I'll go to the drive-through <laughs> McDonald's. Because yeah, it's just so hot and so long. We thought it. we'd like to really go tr- give Tokyo Dining a try. However, that's a commitment. It is. It's an event. It's an event to get there. I mean, yeah, it's, I, I agree with you. And it's too hot for that kind of an event. Agreed. Agreed. Well, all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for that. Thanks, everybody, for a great show. That is going to do it for us this week. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back with you again next week with another episode of the Biz Unplugged. Thanks for listening, and remember, stay out of the damn lakes.